0: Hey, welcome in Stinking Truth Podcast. Alongside Mike Evans, I am Mark Schlerth, millennial bin producing the show. I want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at uh Bet Rivers, Bet with a Winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app, check them out online at BetRivers.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? I am doing great. Uh, very excited for another big weekend of football. You got the Vikings and Cardinals. Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Vikings, one of the surprise teams. Let's give some love out there to uh to school, right? Yeah, Kevin O'Connell, the the Minnesota Vikings, and, and man, they, they haven't even really hit their stride yet. I mean, they still have. You know, talking to Kirk Cousins a couple of weeks ago, Kirk was like, "Man, I'm I'm still not in tune with my head coach yet on what's coming in." You know, we, you and I talk about identity a lot, and it's important to have an identity. And one of the things that identity gives you, Mike, is it gives you a set of standards. It gives you confidence and standards. When you're faced with adverse situations, so think about having an identity in life—a kind of a "Who am I?" Right? It's important. You know, I always told my kids when they were growing up, I don't care what you do; I care who about who you become. And when you know who you are, when faced with difficult situations, you know what decision you're going to make, because you're not—you're not cast about by each and every wave that hits you. You're not—you know—you're not—you're not just swept off into any direction the wind blows. When you know what your standards are and who you are, when faced with a difficult decision, you say, this is what I do in these times. And I think football is no different than that. When you know exactly what you are and what your identity is, when faced with a difficult situation, you know what you're going to do. You know what the play is you're going to call. And the reason for bringing that up is because talking to Kirk Cousins a couple of weeks ago, he said, we're not on that page yet. You know, there's so many times in critical situations when the play comes in, I go, I wasn't expecting that. And he goes, you know when we'll be good? We'll be good when in a critical situation, I'm thinking, oh, this is what's coming in. I know what play's coming in. I know what formation's coming in. I know what personnel grouping's coming in. And all of a sudden, that's what comes in. Then we'll be on the same page. Then we'll start to click. And he had told me, I'm really excited about this happening because I think it'll happen around the bye week. I think that's when we'll really get locked in. They're coming off their bye. They're facing the Arizona Cardinals who won on a Thursday night, so they've had the mini-bye. This should be a really intriguing game because we're going to see two teams, what direction it catapults them going, you know, going forward into the season. So Arizona got a big win. They still haven't looked very good on offense, Mike, even though, you know, I mean, they they won. They scored 40-whatever, 40 42 points against the New Orleans Saints. But remember, it was a 14-14 ball game with about two minutes left, and Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes. Got a lot of ground I want to cover with you, okay. so let's just uh, just start jumping into these these different topics. Aaron Rodgers said, hey, nobody was upset, nobody objected to the, quote, truthful critique that he gave about the play of his offense. And he said, hey, there are some guys right now who probably should have their reps cut. There are probably some guys who haven't been given a chance who should probably be given a shot to do more. Mm -hmm. Didn't come out, mentioned people by name. Correct. It was just kind of an overview, overall critique. Greg Jennings, former Packer, said, Aaron, you can't do that. You can't be calling guys out. You can't be calling your team out. Did Aaron do the right thing? Is this going to blow up in his face? I don't have any problem with what Aaron did. He's earned the right. He didn't call people out by name. He said, we're making too many mistakes. We, we got 20% busts. So given, you know, given any, any offensive performance, you know, if you're talking about if you're talking about 20% of the time you're busting the play, well, you got no chance. You've got no chance to win or be successful in those 20 reps you're busting because now we're not on the same page Mike and and so think about it like you bust a protection quarterback gets hit incompletion sack strip fumble whatever the case may be hey you're busting your route you're not where you're supposed to be all of a sudden quarterback throws it you're not there picked off incomplete whatever the case may be all of a sudden you 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 bust your route you're like you run the right route but you're not running to the right depth so now there's not proper spacing between you and the other receiver so you don't actually put a a, a defender a defender in conflict so now all of a sudden a defender who usually has to choose between the high and the, and the high and the low route is plays between the two of them, and both guys are covered by one guy. In, unacceptable. So I, I disagree with Greg Jennings, and I love Greg Jennings, but I disagree with him. Now, this is what you need. Like when guys aren't performing and guys are making mental mistakes, like there's no excuse for that. There is zero excuse. You've got everything at your fingertips. You've got the iPads, you've got the information, you've got the you, you you've got everything at your fingertips. If you're busting plays, it means that you're not prepared enough. You're not studying enough. It's not important to you. It's not. It doesn't have enough importance to you. That, like that's. Listen, I understand. If if Rogers would have come out and said, "Hey, we're physically getting whooped," and that's not the standard we set here. Like we can't physically get, like. There's nothing you can do about getting physically whooped because. Occasionally guys are gonna physically whoop you. That that's just that's the game we play, right? That's why not everybody can play it. Because you got to be able to take that whooping and go, okay, set my jaw and 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 adjust and get better. You don't give yourself a chance as a football team when you're making mental mistakes. And if your guys, Mike, are okay with it, if they look at it like, oh, that's just part of the process. No, it's not. It's not part of the process. Making those mental mistakes does cost you games. And the one thing you can't have as a football team is guys that are mistake repeaters. I understand making a mistake every now and again, but when a guy consistently makes mistakes, and, and I'll say this, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if your coaches aren't aren't drawing attention to it, if it's okay with them because it's the old saying, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, like this to me is more about, not, not so much about the players, this to me is about the leadership of the head coach and the assistant coach is not getting that stuff corrected to the point where your quarterback is so frustrated. Because I know one guy who's not making a bunch of mental errors, Aaron Rodgers. Now you you say whatever you want about his you know his escapades <laughs> with uh, you know with margarine and and butter and you know and ghee butter ghee butter right with ghee butter and and you know and. Uh, what, is the, what was the drug the the oh eye, geez yeah, yeah. Kawasho Nawahava whatever it is like you can you know you can, identical yeah you can you can say whatever you want about you know the quirkiness and the weirdness and and you know Moon Shadow or whoever he's dating right now but when it comes to football dude is brilliant dude and I guarantee you he's not making a bunch of mental errors so and so but if your coaching staff if your coaching staff doesn't have onions enough to call everybody out right then at some point the frustration of that. I don't have any problem with him doing that. What happened to that idea? Because I I would think the one thing that I always heard coming up in this business covering sports was players appreciate honesty. Just be direct with me, be direct with me and I'm fine. But why with the advent of the players coach, does it seem like coaches are afraid to be honest? So when Roger says, and I love this quote, and if, He's walking the walk and talking the talk. That I think this is awesome. When he says, quote, if one of those guys has a problem with it, I'm right here, and I'd love to have a conversation. I enjoy those conversations. I enjoy any type of conflict like that because I know the resolution on the other side is going to make us a better unit, a better friendship, a better cohesion on the field. What's wrong Amen. with that? Amen. Right? You know what that's called? Accountability. Sure. You know, it, it's it's. Why do people seem to shy away from right. demanding that? Yeah, I I don't I don't because it's I think it's because of the world we live in. I think we have like there are so many there are so many like everything we do from a social media standpoint, Mike, is about uh, like there's no consequences. Like you can get on social media and say whatever you want without consequence. Bill Burr does this un- unbelievable like he's unbelievable this act of could you imagine what i would be like if i grew up now and there were no consequences for my actions i could say whatever i want without the fear of getting beat up like the only reason the only reason i don't say everything i want to say is because in my day i'd have gotten i'd have gotten i and i did get beat up right like there's there are no kind con- like people get on social media and reach out to you about whatever and you're like really dude like really like, let me tell you how you should be doing your job, a job that I've never done before, and a job that I have no idea what it takes and no idea what the preparation takes. But let me tell you why you suck and why I'd be way better at it. Really? That, that, like, there are no consequences for people anymore. And I love that. You know, the, the old saying, Mike, of, uh, you know, the best ability is availability. And I always joke around. Abilities are great, like, but but the best ability is accountability. It's responsibility. It's 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 those intangible things. And when you don't take responsibility, like, oh well, I I just busted another play. Oh gosh, that's too bad. Like I'll try it harder next time, or I'll be better. No, it takes. You know what it takes? It takes zero athleticism. It takes zero. Like it takes zero talent. To know what you're supposed to do. That, that's not hard. What it takes is dedication. It takes accountability to your teammates. Not to bust plays. Well, on the subject of accountability, boy, the Eagles are making their intentions known, aren't they? They went out, they traded for Robert Quinn, pass rusher. This after, apparently, their offer of a couple of first-round picks to Carolina for Brian Burns was turned down. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles are going for it. Yeah. They, and this should make Eagles fan so happy, they're, they view themselves, we're in a championship window. Yeah. Let's go for it. Robert Quinn's a really good football player. I know he's older. He's about 34 years old. But he's a really good football player. I think last year he had like 11, 11 and a half sacks. Off the top of my head, I can't really remember, but it was somewhere in there. Um, if I remember, and if I'm misremembering uh, Roger Clemens, I, I apologize, but uh, I think he was around 11, 11 and a half sacks last year. Uh, but, he's a, but but more importantly, Mike, he's a really good football player. And they had lost, um, gosh, the game I did week one, they lost one of their rotational defensive ends. Uh, I think they he had lost 18 and a half sacks last year. 18 and a half? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Broke the Bears' single-season sack record. Oh, well, then uh, with eighteen and a half in twenty twenty-one. Calling me surprised. Um, I knew he played really well last year, and I know he's not having that kind of production. But now all of a sudden, you instead of being the guy, you can be one of the guys. They lost Bennett, I believe, in the in week one to a. I think it was an ACL, if I remember. Again, I'm not remembering anything correctly. Anyhow, but I think it was Bennett, the Tennessee kid that they lost in a, as a rotational piece on their defensive line. Like, here's a guy that can come in there and be part of the rotation, doesn't have to be the guy. That's that's a really good thing for Philly. Really good Plus thing. Plus, you're getting a guy who is just revered in the locker room. He has won the NFL's Media Good Guy Award. He won that for the Bears yeah. last year. Roquan Smith became emotional, wiping away tears while talking about Quinn mm-hmm. and him leaving the Bears. So. Yeah. This is a great move for Philly. I love what Philly's doing. I love really the energy good. around Philly right now. And, and I'll tell you, man, they've got Brandon Graham, who is a 13-year vet, who is a you want to talk about a great player, but great dude in the locker room. Just works hard, plays hard. Is just one of those, one of those, just one of those glue guys. And now you're adding another glue guy to an already exceptional locker room. I, I love what Howie Roseman, GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, are doing. I love what Nick Ceriani's got going there. And, um, you know, there was a lot of question marks about Nick Ceriani, about rock, scissors, paper, and all the, you know, all the stuff he got made fun of. He embraces it all. Yeah, nobody's laughing now. Nobody's laughing now. Nobody's he, laughing he, now. He embraces it all. He's a guy that after seven weeks they were two and five, and he relinquished play calling duties and said, "I got to be more of a head coach than a play caller." And like he's he's pushed all the right buttons. Everybody's all in on Nick Seriani. and and you know it, it leads me to Denver a little bit, Mike, because I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett and saying, "There's nobody that's taking more grief that's been taking more shots." but but here if you could learn a lesson from Nick Seriani and this is for any young coach who's struggling right now if you could learn a lesson one embrace it do you remember when when Adam Gase had the press conference with the <laughs> Jets and his eyes were you know he was looking at tacos and the, <laughs> yes. his, and then he he like basically he's flying around his head right. all the memes are awesome right and he basically he basically didn't embrace it. He basically denied it all. And then every guy in that locker room went, oh, well, this guy's full of crap. Whatever. And it didn't end well. And Nick Ceriani took that... I mean, I played Rock, Scissors, Paper with him in a, in a production meeting. I got goofed around with him about it. Like I got busted his his onions about it, right? And he was great with it. And he's been great with that way in the local media and everything else. He's been great... And he's been no-nonsense, and he's embraced the issues that everybody thought he had and addressed those issues, and this is the best team in the NFC probably because he's taken ownership of it. And and, and I would say to Nathaniel Hackett, everything is not awesome, dude. You're not close. You know, the, the press conferences here in Denver have been like, oh, we're so close, we're just a few plays away. No, you're not a few plays away you're a few plays away of like dramatic plays that we see Russell Wilson missing but you're not a few plays away you're not close because you do make those Aaron Rodgers like Aaron Rodgers was talking about those mental errors every game you make a bunch of physical errors every game you make a bunch of coaching errors every game like it is a, a plethora of errors every week so you're not one or two plays away every play has a breakdown in it you're far, you're much further away. So uh, embrace it and say, we're not good enough. I'm not good enough, but damn it, I'm going to change it. Take from Nick Seriani and learn from him. Speaking of Denver, we've got our special quarterback here <laughs> in Denver, Russell Wilson. Oh my goodness. Man, oh man. This guy, the gift that keeps on giving, Mike. is the gift that keeps on giving. So now he, and, and he brings it upon himself. So on their flight to London... This is a guy who has told you and told everyone who would listen. He only sleeps four hours a day. Mm -hmm. He couldn't just sit still on a plane. He's rehabbing a hamstring injury. So he worked out on the plane ride to London and told all of us that while all of his teammates were zonked out, he was doing reps of high knees in the aisle Mm. as the Broncos were flying across the pond. Mark, how would you have responded as a player if your quarterback was up doing high knees in the middle of a plane on a flight over to London? What would you do? What would your teammates do? I have a pretty good idea. Rookie Mark Schlereth or veteran Mark Schlereth? Veteran Mark Schlereth. All right. So I'm going to hold the Broncos organization accountable. You know you got a special player. Right, you know that he is by special. What do you mean by special? Well, to, quirky, to, weird. Okay, all yeah, right, <laughs> quirky, weird. Uh, that's what I thought you were doing. Right, yeah, what, what, however, you want to label him. Uh huh. Yeah, he's a special little guy. Okay, <laughs> I hold the organization and the players accountable. When you have that special player, and that special player starts doing something that is uh annoying. Somebody in that locker room needs to stand up and take control of that situation. I think about some of the guys that I played with. Brian Habib. Like the world's saltiest, angriest, crankiest human being. Tommy Nalen. Maybe even crankier than, not maybe, crankier than even Brian Habib. Shannon Sharp. We'd have taken his little ass and taped him to the chair. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Would have been like, okay, you, you're going to go potty, okay? Once you get your potty out, okay, now you're taped to the chair, and you're not getting up for the next four hours. Like, literally would have taped him down to a seat. Uh, so you're not leaving. You guys would have, yes. There, yes, there is have. no question. I, I don't doubt it for a second. There is no question that if he'd have got up and started doing lunges in the aisle or whatever, dude, he would have gotten lambasted and physically restrained. <laughs> So what does it say that he does it with complete impunity? That everyone just is like, no, there's 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 Russ being Russ. Yeah, I I I've said this. And does it have much to do with the Broncos product? The Broncos are 2 and 5. Their offense is terrible. Right. Russ has been terrible. Nathaniel Hackett is on the is on the hot seat. But does Russ's antics have anything to do with it? Because the same kind of eye rolling stuff that he's doing in Denver, he did in Seattle sure. where for over a decade he averaged ten, eleven wins a season. So it couldn't yes. have been that much of a problem. No, I yeah, if they're winning, you just kinda of go, Okay, whatever, that's Russ being Russ. He's kind of a weirdo. And because they're losing, you know, he's become the number one meme on the internet, right? I mean, it's it's hilarious to watch it all go down. But at some point, I'm not asking you not to be you. I'm just asking you to be you away from the rest of us. And I will say this, Mike. When you get annoyed by somebody's antics or somebody's quirkiness, it's really a you problem more than it is a, a that person problem. Right? Because it's just the way they're wired. When you're winning, you can put up with it. When you're losing, it it starts to annoy you. So you either have to remove yourself from that situation or probably what really needs to happen in Russell's life, and I don't know that he has this person in his life, you need that one friend in your life that holds you accountable for your crap. You know? And I think that's one of the one of the blessings of being married, right? I mean, my wife just texted me during our show. You're obnoxious. I don't know how your partner puts up with you, right? <laughs> that's what she, she like you need that person that holds you accountable for your crap. And if you don't have that person, you can start believing the hype. You can start believing that that your stuff don't stink. And for Russell, I'd just be like, "You're taking. I hope you. I hope you're paying attention to all the stuff that you're taking. And it's there's a a beauty in not caring, you know, being part of the wolf pack and not uh, concerning yourself with the opinion of sheep. But you also have to know that the effect that you're having on the environment around you and the people around you and the people that are counting on you. And so, I think it's important." for Russell to have somebody on his team that makes sure he knows kind of from an honest perspective, the stuff that he's doing that annoys people. And you know, it's it's the old Jerome Bettis line he said to me years ago when I worked with him at ESPN, and I've I've kind of kept this line close, near and dear to my heart. And he was having a conversation With one of the rookies on his team that kept, you know, nothing seemed to be working out. Everything seemed to be going the wrong way, right? And he looked that rookie in the eye, and he said, let me just tell you something. If everywhere you go, it smells like dog poo. Right. If it smells like crap, it's probably you. You know, if everywhere you go, you have the problem, if everywhere you go, something happens, if everywhere you go, it's just, then you should look inward at yourself and say, what am I doing to create all this crap that keeps flowing on me? And the odds are, you're probably causing it. And so, I don't know that he has that person in his life. I volunteered. I'll be the guy that holds you accountable. I'll be the guy that goes, dude, Okay, before you send this out, let's think about what this looks like, right? You don't have to sit there and say, oh, man, I," you know, for the first two hours, I studied all the cut-ups, and then for four hours, I worked on. I was doing high knees, and they, all my other teammates were zonked out. They were asleep, but not me. I kept working through the play. Really, dude? Really? What would be your official title? Hey, uh, Mark's joined Russell's team as the official media hmm. title.
1: How mm. about this? Mm-hmm.
0: You've joined Russell's team as the official you might want to rethink this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. you yeah, what, what the, the official you might want to rethink this guy. I'm the don't press send guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm the guy that just stops you in your tracks. <laughs> like you could do you could have done that. Like everybody wants to know the information. You could say, "Hey, listen. I spent the I spent the majority of the plane ride, you know, studying." And prepping my hams, trying to get myself right to play this week against Jacksonville. It's an incredibly important game. My po- teammates were zonked out, but not me. I was in the aisle working. Like, like there is so much a better way to do it. You know, one of the the, the deals I have. It's and it's it's. I know I've got to be better at it. Okay, so this is me being honest with you as a as a broadcast game broadcaster. Start with a headline. It's important to know the headline. Right? Of that play, what's the headline? This is why the Minnesota Vikings are so good at play action. Boom, there's the headline. Now explain it. I oftentimes explain it first and then say, and that's why they're really good at right. Flip you gotta flip it around a little bit. Tell people what you're gonna tell them and then give explain them the why. why. Yeah. Right? Tell them what they're gonna tell them, then then give them the why. And it sounds really easy, but it's not. It's it's a hard thing to do. For Russell, what you got to do is say, hey, man, you can tell people what you're doing without making it look like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Hey, uh, like, what'd you do on the plane? I, I I studied, I prepped, and I tried to get a little treatment on my hamstring. Not, not. I did lunges yeah, in just, the plane. Did, did a couple lunges just four, to kind of did some calisthenics for, just to right, kind of keep loose for <laughs> four hours, you know? and everybody else was sleeping, but not me, man. I'm a hard worker. Yeah. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's fly. Like, right? But like at just the end of the day, that's not. That's not. Though my point is, it's not why the Broncos are two and five. But at the end of the it day, if did, he says that, if he says that, and they're and they're five and two going right. to London. Nobody pays any attention exactly. to it. You don't got 8 million memes about right. it, right? You get the fake media laugh, and that's it. Right. But because you're 2-5 and five and you guys have, have, you know, sucked to high heaven, now all of a sudden it's going to become a thing. I'm really curious uh, because I think the biggest story in football right now, because of their importance, the market they play in, the rise of the Giants and the Jets. Yes. Huge. Yeah. We just saw the Jets out here last week. They beat the Broncos. Um, but you just called the Giants game last week. Mm-hmm. And you were around the Giants. You talked to Brian Dable. Just what's what's the vibe that you pick up when you're around the Giants? Um, the Giants are real. I And I can't say that about the Broncos. The Broncos live in fantasy land. The Giants live in reality. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. About Brian Dable, I talked to John Mara. John Mara, the owner of, the, the, the one of the primary owners of the New York Giants, on the sideline. Um, and I spoke to him for about 10 minutes, Sunday morning. He just talked about the culture change. And, you know, so far so good, we still got a long ways to go, but because Brian Dable has come in here and changed this organization. He walks through the marketing department and, lets, and not only develops relationships with the people, but lets them know what the task at hand is, what we are responsible for, how we are affecting the football team. He goes down to the grounds crew and why they're important and talks to them about the importance of maintaining the field properly and, and, how, and appreciates them for what they do building a culture, making sure that everybody knows that you are every bit as important as the player, the quarterback, the running back, the coaches. You guys are part of this organization. Now, on top of that, I get a lot of lip service about got to put my players in the best position to win. And then you get a guy like Brian Dable who does it. First off, he comes over as a guy that's a play caller and has been a play caller for quite some time in Buffalo, And he says, I'm not going to do that. I'm turning that responsibility over to Mike Kafka, my offensive coordinator, because I have to be the head coach. Every check that gets written, I endorse. So if we're going to blitz on third down, we're going to be the most blitzing team in football under Wink Martindale, our coordinator. I have to endorse that or I have to say, no, we're not going to do that. But I have to be involved I have to be involved in specialty. I have to be involved in everything. And I can't be the best play caller if I'm doing that other stuff. So I understand the role change that I, and I accept the role change as the head coach. I appreciate that about him. And then it's about identity. What are we? You know, I put this graphic up in the game that our guys built because I go, in Buffalo, he was three wides, four wides, throw the ball 60% of the time. In in New York, he's running it sixty percent of the time. It's all about twenty six. One of the things that I thought was fascinating, asking him about halftime adjustments, because every person in the New York media was writing about a halftime adjustments. He goes, halftime adjustments. You know what I say? I come in, I go to Mike Kafka, our offensive coordinator. Twenty six is never the wrong answer. Keep giving him the ball, and you know you look at last week's game. They started off, I think, in the first quarter, they had two runs for minus one yard from Saquon. By halftime, they probably had 20 yards rushing. At the end of the game, they had over 100 yards rushing because he kept feeding him the ball. Our identity... Our identity is to run the ball, to play heavy personnel, to physically dominate the, the game, and we know that what we get in the fourth quarter are going to be big-time chunk yardage plays, big-time chunk yardage runs that are going to set up our quarterback to run and our, setup, our quarterback in play action to come back and win games. Completely change their offensive, per, the, the way they are, the way they're constructed based upon the people I have and what's best for us as a football team. I can't tell you how much respect I have for a guy that can look at, look at them, look at their strengths, and look at their weaknesses and adjust. And that's why the Giants are 6 and 1 and one of the best teams in the NFC. Hey, that does it for us here. Stinging Truth Podcast. For Mike, I am Mark, Millennial Ben, producing the show. We appreciate you. Also appreciate our, our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. We'll be back with you next week.